For too long, healing has been seen as a scary and even negative experience, but I believe that healing should be an exciting and empowering one. I'm your host, Kristen Vandenhubel, and in this podcast, you will learn all about making the connection between your physical and mental health from my experience as a student of naturopathic medicine, as well as from guests with experience in all areas of healing. Join me for another authentic conversation and be ready to get real with your health. Welcome back, everyone. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, The Healthy Hormone Club. This is my very first sponsor, and I'm really excited for them to be supporting today's episode. The Healthy Hormone Club provides accessible, affordable, safe, and holistic bioidentical hormone replacement therapy to women in menopause and perimenopause. They are on a mission to end the stigma, suffering, and silence around menopause and provide hassle-free, personalized care. If you're experiencing hot flashes, mood swings, hormonal weight gain, or just not feeling like yourself, then you're in for a treat because they have something special to share with you. You won't want to miss their upcoming Hormone Restoration Masterclass, What Every Woman Must Know About Hormone Restoration, featuring the expertise of Dr. Michelle Sands, a board-certified naturopathic physician and a renowned menopause expert. Trust me, this is a game changer. It's completely free and you will not want to miss it. During this masterclass, you'll learn how to restore your hormones and put an end to those frustrating symptoms without ever setting foot in a doctor's office or disrupting your daily routine, which who doesn't love that? Here's a sneak peek of what you can expect in this masterclass. Dr. Sands will dive deep into the reason why many doctors are hesitant to prescribe hormone restoration and what they might not be telling you about your hormones. You'll discover the huge difference between synthetic hormone replacement therapy, otherwise known as HRT, and bioidentical hormone therapy, known as BHRT. Plus, you'll learn how to get a custom hormone balancing prescription tailored specifically to your own needs, helping you to reverse aging, boost energy, and say goodbye to perimenopause and menopause symptoms for good. To claim your spot in this highly anticipated masterclass, simply go to www.freehormoneclass.com healing. Don't worry if you can't find a time that works for you, just select the next available slot and a replay will be sent to you after class ends. It's really that easy. Trust me, ladies, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. Imagine reclaiming your energy, vitality, and overall well-being. It's time to take control of your hormonal health and start feeling like yourself again. So head over to www.freehormoneclass.com slash healing. That's www.freehormoneclass.com slash healing. And secure your spot in the next Hormone Restoration Masterclass today. Thank you again to our sponsor, The Healthy Hormone Club, for bringing this incredible opportunity to our listeners. Remember, ladies, you deserve to thrive during perimenopause and menopause. Let's embrace this journey together and unlock the power of your hormone restoration. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Healing With It podcast. I'm really excited for this episode because it's something that I've recently encountered, and I kind of wanted to just go over my personal experience with this kind of topic, which is why sometimes you're the problem. And I think we often are quick to blame others when something in our lives doesn't go right. I mean, I guess coming from like an anxiety or anxious person standpoint, I would say that yes, we definitely are easy to self-blame, but I think how I'm wording it is maybe not the way that I'm trying to convey this message. What I'm trying to say is, you know, sometimes we have these life situations 
whether that's a difficult job, a hard relationship with a individual, whatever it might be. And a lot of times when this conflict comes up, we're very quick to think about everything that the other person is doing. And while yes, oftentimes there is some truth to that, there's a lot of things that we can find within ourselves, I think. And so that's what I really wanted to highlight into today's episode. And hopefully you guys kind of gain some insight from this and feel like you can relate. Again, this is something that I was recently humbled by and I just thought it was an interesting perspective, an interesting topic. But before we get started, you know that we've got to do the mindful moment of the week. So my mindful moment of the week was... Well, first of all, this week I am all alone by myself in my apartment for the entire week and a lot of times being alone, although I enjoy it as an introvert, but to be alone for long periods of time is difficult for me. I find that a lot of my negative thoughts come up when I'm alone. This probably happens with a lot of people because you just have more time to think and that can be scary and the anxiety mind just spirals and goes into depth and this can cause some pretty dark, scary, fearful days. And so this was something I knew was coming up and I was quite nervous about. And so finally it's here and I just kind of want to pat myself on the back if I may regarding the fact that I am alone and I'm doing it. And although it's something that can be scary. I feel like I've handled it quite well. So I'm proud of myself for that because it's hard to be in a city that's not your own fully. You know, I'm still adjusting to my life in Toronto and I'm kind of in the middle of all these transitions in my life because I'm now halfway through my clinical internship at the point of this podcast being posted I will be more than halfway done so that's crazy and you know I'm, I'm in this transitional period of my life and I find that there's just a lot of uncertainty which I don't always do well with and I find also being in this transitional period when I'm trying to kind of figure out what I'm doing, who I am, where I'm thriving, all of that, it's difficult to find those specific things. And maybe some people are better at this than I am, but I just find that right now I'm in between so many different things. I don't have like a specific group of people that I work with because every clinic shift is different groups of people. So that's four different groups of people every week. And then I don't have like a job where I work with other people. I work at home. So I'm doing that on my own and also just kind of chatting with people via messages and emails and the occasional video call, but that's it. So I'm really not connecting with a certain group of people and that makes it really hard to make those connections and to have specific groups of people. And I think this is probably something I also need to work on, maybe putting myself out there more. But at the same time, I'm super busy and don't really have time for that. I barely have time for my friends back at home right now and that's something that I feel guilty about half the time. So anyways, we're kind of spiraling out of the main concept of this. But what I'm trying to say is that I am right now in this transitional period and I am just kind of trying to 
get through clinic and get my licensing exams and kind of move on to the next chapter of my life. Although I'm also trying to enjoy where I'm at right now. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of in-betweens. And so being in Toronto by myself is kind of like my family, my boyfriend, they're all back home. It's not like he lives here right now. My roommate right now is gone. And so it's just me and it's kind of lonely and yeah I think that that's just something I have to be honest about but that is my mindful moment of the week if you guys have a mindful moment you would want to share I would really love for you to do that head to my Instagram at healing with it podcast and you can tag us in your stories or your posts regarding your mindful moments I would really love to see them and without further ado let's get into today's episode finally So as I was kind of talking about at the beginning of this episode, there's these things or issues that we run into in our lives that often involve conflict with other people, I would say. And it's very easy to blame the other person or the situation. And in some instances, I think that is actually a very healthy way of dealing with things. But... It's not always, and I think even in every situation, even if you know you are technically in the right, you can also find a way or always find a way that you are able to self-correct and adjust for that. And I think that's really beautiful that we can actually do that and learn something from it and, and gather information of how we can avoid this type of situation in the future. So there's been a couple things in my life recently where I have just felt completely and utterly overwhelmed, like so overwhelmed that I can't function. And I'm so anxious that I am waking up in the middle of the night with my heart pounding, this feeling and sensation of impending doom, waking up in the morning with that same sensation and just going through my entire days feeling so hyper aroused that I can't function in my day-to-day life and that's just not healthy. And so that's something that has really been a wake-up call for me. And I think that at first it was really easy to blame my life situation and I probably find myself doing that still, but maybe less than I have after kind of reassessing this situation. But basically, I had all these things on the go and I was blaming my situation of being in medical school and trying to make money and trying to survive and feeling like people don't understand me. But at the same time, I was also the problem, even if I was my own problem and it wasn't even related to other people. In these situations where we are very busy, very overwhelmed, there's lots on the go, I think sometimes we believe that other people have these really extreme high expectations of us. And this kind of causes this overwhelm and this feeling of I am not good enough for them. And then we start to make these stories in our minds about what this person is thinking about us and what they're saying about us and what they're going to say to us in a meeting or in a conversation. And this can be scary. And the more that we do this, the more we actually start to believe that this person or this situation is occurring behind the scenes when we're not there. And we're creating these stories, these images, these visualizations in our brain as we're doing something, whether it's a task at work or something that we are just doing in our day-to-day, like 
preparing something for our in-laws or for friends coming over. And we think that there's these expectations that we have to achieve certain things or they're thinking that we are going to do this, that, and it has to be at such a high quality when in reality we actually haven't had that conversation with them. And so we have these assumptions in our brain that they expect this of us, but we actually don't know. And it's quite possible that they really don't. And sometimes upon further investigation, whether that's through a conversation or it just gets brought up naturally, we find out that they didn't even consider any of these things that you were thinking. They didn't even think or expect all these things you thought they were going to expect. And that's just kind of a a wake-up call that we create these stories in our minds and that we think that these people want these things from us when that's not necessarily true because we have such high expectations for ourselves and we also assume what other people expect of us and that just becomes this whole spiral of things that just aren't true unless we prove it to be true. So sometimes we have to kind of catch ourselves in these moments of creating these false stories and really reassessing what is real and that maybe is having a conversation with that person or the people involved saying, you know, this is how I'm feeling and I'm quite overwhelmed because of it. Is this something you actually expect of me? And if it is, then we can move into the conversation of, okay, well, I need support then and this is how you can help me. Or we say, this just is not possible for me at the moment. So either we need somebody else to do this or you can do this or we just have to put this on the back burner. These are the options. And it's a lot easier to do that once we kind of get into the routine of communicating. But when we don't communicate normally or we're scared to communicate normally, we, again, make these assumptions of how that conversation is going to go. And we think that that person is going to be so disappointed in us because we haven't met these fake made up expectations when in reality again people don't have as high of expectations for us as we think they do most of the time this is not always true I know that there are situations where people are putting these extreme expectations and pressures on us and that's not okay when you are just one person and we have to be able to communicate when we've hit our end point or when we notice that we're starting to get to that point of being burnt out or being so overwhelmed that the anxiety is taking over. Like you should never have to take your work home with you because even if you're not physically doing the work mentally, if it's like taking over your time away from work, then this is when life is getting too overwhelming and you need to reassess the situation. So we have these situations in life where we've made these stories up and now we're having these conversations or we're worried about having these conversations but it's important that we communicate because without that communication that person doesn't know most of the time these people are going to be okay with it or they're not going to have those expectations and that kind of happened with me I was getting so frustrated because I couldn't achieve all of these things that I wanted to achieve and when I couldn't achieve it and felt like that's what I was expected to do I was getting frustrated when in reality I didn't even take the time or energy to have the conversation of these are the things that are really really bothering me or are not working for me or are too much or too overwhelming or this just is not possible for me I didn't have those conversations and then guess what I was mad for no reason at somebody who is probably a really nice person and yet it was my fault for not having the conversation because then I vilified them or made them seem in my mind like 
a worse person than they really are. And that's not true. And that's not fair to that person either. So I think this is just an interesting conversation because we can be the problem for ourselves when we create these false interpretations and stories and don't take note of that and don't take the time to self-correct or actually fact check, that's when we're going to see these issues. I also think that sometimes we have too many inputs coming in, especially in the world we live in. A lot of things are digital. And after COVID, I know a lot of us are working remotely, which means that we're getting even more inputs. And so a big portion of feeling overwhelmed is often receiving too many inputs compared to what we can actually handle at that time. And the beautiful thing about the digital world and how we've evolved is that there are so many ways to modify our notifications because when we don't, then we're getting all these inputs in when we're not asking for them or not expecting them, but then we're still receiving them. So for instance, with Instagram, you can get so many Instagram notifications and maybe you don't realize that this is making you overwhelmed. But when you see the Instagram notification, you have a hard time ignoring that notification. And therefore you go onto Instagram and you're on Instagram and you're now receiving all of these other inputs when you're scrolling through your feed because you got distracted after looking at that notification and you're not being productive anymore and so then your work is getting behind and then that causes more overwhelm so it's kind of like a domino effect which is why we have the ability when we start to notice this to modify the notifications that we're getting so you can go onto Instagram and you can actually reduce the notifications that you're getting maybe you only want to see when people are sending you messages or maybe you don't want any at all because really do you need to have your Instagram notifications on if in reality you should be able to just either schedule the time that you're going to be on it for business if you use Instagram for business like okay at this time of the day or at this time of the night I'm going to go on to Instagram I'm going to post or I'm going to be answering people's comments DMs whatever it might be we still have the power to do that do we really need to have these notifications coming in secondly also we can make the decision when we're actually just going to go on Instagram for leisure which obviously we want to limit as much as possible but I completely understand that Instagram is a great way to connect with people and and just like kind of get education at the same time. So I'm not going to tell you to just completely get rid of something like this because it's just not realistic in the world we live in for a lot of people or it's something people actually enjoy. But I would say to limit your notifications. Then when it comes to work, same with emails, you can actually limit when you see emails. A lot of times you can actually tell your computer or your whatever server, website server you use, whether it's Google Chrome or Safari, when you want to stop receiving notifications. And I think this is really amazing and I would recommend it for a lot of people because if if you're the type of person who has a hard time not answering an email or looking at your notifications once you've seen it and it bothers you, then this is perfect for you. And that brings me into kind of another thing. So one is if you do work online, I would recommend trying to limit what you have access to on your phone. Because for me personally, my laptop, once it's shut off, it's a lot harder to get back onto. And so I often don't go back onto it until the next day once it's like completely shut off. So if anything's on my laptop and I'm not looking at it, I can't see what's on it. I actually have to go through the process of logging in. Then I am way less likely to go onto my laptop. However, my phone is right in front of me. It takes less than five seconds to log in via face ID. And once you're on, it is so easy to get caught up in all the notifications. 
one, you can put on sleep mode. So you can choose when your phone is in a sleep mode or focus mode or whatever, where you're not receiving immediate notifications. However, as soon as that mode is shut off, those notifications will come back. So I like sleep mode for night, but I also do like to still see when I get text because you don't get that notification if the sleep mode is on. So I get that. But I do recommend trying to reduce the amount of work related notifications you receive on your phone. So if it's email, for instance, so the mail app that's connected directly to the Apple iPhone is something that you can't really, like you're going to see that you have the email, it's going to pop up and it all your emails mixed in together. So my work emails are actually getting mixed in with my just like day-to-day emails. And I was just trying to go through like my typical emails about, you know, like clothing and, and just mindless things. But then I was also seeing when I was getting messages to my email, which was then overwhelming me because I was seeing it after hours and I was doing work for like five minutes here and then trying to do my like day-to-day life things before bed or whatever. And then I would do more work here and there. And it was just like overwhelming. So I decided to completely delete my work email from my Apple Mail app. You can get like the Gmail app. And so I put it into the Gmail app. And now I actually don't see when those emails come in because I don't go onto that mail unless I actually want to for work or need to for work. But I would even recommend if you don't have to have that there, then don't have it at all. It makes it even easier to avoid. And then also modulating when you do your work. So for me, my problem was that I was just doing work at the most random times and with no rhyme or reason. And so work just never left my life. I was doing work on the weekends. I was doing work after hours, just here, there and everywhere for no reason. And so that was just really getting to me. And so I decided that, okay, so these are the specific hours on this day that I'm going to be working. Past this time, I will not be doing any more work. There's a couple times where there might be an exception, but other than that, it's like, okay, no, this is a hard shut off. We're done. We don't need any more of this. And I think that's really important to do because it's so easy to get caught up in it. Oh, I'll just do this little project here. Oh, I'll just do this and that there. But let me tell you that this, even if you don't notice it, is subconsciously getting in the way of the rest of your life. And then you're just angry and annoyed and irritable around the whole concept of work, which then leaks into the people you work with and the people you interact with. And it's just not good. So in general, modifying the notifications that you get, I cannot recommend this enough. I reduce the notifications I get onto my Apple watch because that's on my wrist at all times. I was getting notifications for the stupidest things. I didn't need that. So now I get like very few notifications onto my Apple watch, which is great because I can see that at any point. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. And so that's just sitting in the back of your mind. Like You do not need to see what's going on with work when you're doing something else and vice versa. It just doesn't need to happen. So these are some reasons why at the end of the day, you might be the problem. This is not all the time. There are obviously circumstances where other people are not treating you like a human being and you are being abused or taken advantage of 
in certain situations. So this is not to say you are always the problem, but you are sometimes the problem. And it's important to take a step back and realize when you might be contributing to certain things. And of course, sometimes it's a both of you type problem. Like somebody else might be causing the issue, but the way you're reacting or the way you're responding or the way you're interacting with the situation might be heightening it and might be making it worse. And so it's important to really just take a step back and evaluate the situation. But I'm really curious about what you guys think of this because I think it's a good conversation to have and I'm curious of what other people think about this and if you agree or disagree, let me know. Send me a message on Instagram or make a post about it or send me an email. I'd love to know your thoughts. But I think this is a good place to end today's solo episode. I want to keep it relatively short for you guys, but I thought this was a very interesting topic and I wanted to bring it up because it's something that came up for me and I think it's probably relevant for quite a few of you. So again, send me a message, let me know. But otherwise, make sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave me a review, follow me on my Instagrams, they're linked down below. Send me an email if you want to connect and otherwise, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye!